Hey everybody, this is Gene Troyer. I'm the lead pastor of Restore Church. And what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast. It's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all God has created you to be. Now I invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast. I'm excited to be with you this morning. Um, as I think I mention every time, I learn so much when I'm prepping to teach that um, I feel like it's mostly for me, but I get to just share it with you. So I always consider it a privilege. And like Gene said, last week he talked about control. And I get how control comes to be. I get it. For some of us, it's, it's pain from situations in our past. It may be um, trauma. I know that for myself as a, like an eight, nine, 10 year old, I had some traumatic experiences. And I know that at some point from then on, I determined that no one was ever gonna take advantage of me again. And I began to control by keeping people out. I built really strong walls around my heart. And that was my way of controlling that narrative. I'm also a firstborn. And so I understand how that can play a role in control beginning because, so I am a firstborn, I had a firstborn. And as many of you can relate to, I knew how to raise kids. I knew what it could look like, how it could be done better, and it was gonna be great. And then I had a kid. And control quickly left me. But you know, as it goes, uh, the more you're losing control, the more you wanna hold on to control. So it's this, this crazy cycle. But this week we're gonna step into giving up expectations. And I call expectations, the, if we're talking Cinderella, um, expectations are like the ugly stepsister to control. And the quote, I don't know if you saw it on our social as we were introducing this series about giving it up for good, but the quote that goes with today says, blessed is he who expects nothing, for he shall never be disappointed. And it was not Jesus. <laughs> it's not in the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount but I feel like I could have said those words. If you know me at all, if you have been in any one-on-one -on -one conversations with me, if we've talked about life and how hard it is, um, if we've been in Marriage Matters with Gene and I, you know how I feel about expectations. I believe they're a four-letter word. See, I think that expectations on fallible humans, which is all of us, or expectations on other humans that simply don't have the capacity to meet our expectations, bring us disappointment over and over and over again. And I've had to just learn to give them up. Give up the expectations for my sanity so that my heart can stay open and soft. 
You know, I'd find myself disappointed. Even when I didn't realize I had expectations, I'd find myself disappointed over and over and over again. And so without even thinking about it, my reaction is to go back to what I learned as a young girl and say, okay, I'm gonna cut them out. If a human being disappointed me, this, is, this was where my heart wanted to go. Build the strong walls again and keep people away. I think you know what I mean, right? When you want someone to, to treat you differently or to respond differently to you or show up better for you, you want someone to change their mindset because the way that they are reacting and responding to you is causing you pain. We want other people to see things our way, like behave a certain way. Go to therapy already and heal. Or how about when your life just looks so different than what you had dreamed or planned it would? Yeah, that. Those are the expectations that we're talking about. When your contentment, your happiness, your joy is so dependent on someone else's actions or so dependent on your plan, this morning we're saying, give it up. Just stop it. There is a better way. Now, I know some of you, and I've had conversations with people who are like, well, aren't some expectations good? Maybe that quote at the beginning left you feeling a little like, yuck. Like, why? I mean, I want to expect the best in you. I want to believe the best in you, expect change and growth. Yeah, but no. I want to present to you this morning a different perspective and introduce this idea of expectancy. Expectancy is greater than expectations. Expectancy is greater than expectations. And I've got a picture of uh, what I think expectancy looks like. He's just the cutest little thing, but it's like he's just so excited, isn't he? Now, I know you might think those are nuances of the same word, but I want to tell you this morning that expectancy and expectations have a completely different heart posture, and that's what we want to explore this morning. So this expectancy, um, the definition is the state of thinking or hoping that something especially something pleasant, will happen or be the case. Now, when I see that little boy or I read that definition, I think, oh, that's so positive and peaceful. There's, there's hope and this eager excitement and anticipation. It holds a lot of possibilities when I'm open. Hands open, heart open. It's this posture of surrender. And as a Christ follower... It's me being dependent on and trusting God, not people. And I think it's a pretty great alternative to expectations because listen to this definition. Expectations, a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future or a belief that someone will or should achieve something. There it is. 
Someone should. Expectations involve all the shoulds. There's a lot of pressure put on other people, maybe ourselves or God. There's a lot of what ifs with expectations, which brings anxiety and fear. Expectations are dependent on others, or it's maybe trusting myself, trusting my plan. It's this fist closed around my plan and this posture of control. Remember I told you their family, control and expectations? Expectations have this posture of control. My experience is that expectations really just guard my selfishness and my control. Because see, if I expect that you are gonna do X, Y, and Z, I, I won't maybe have to change my mindset or my plan, my schedule. I won't be inconvenienced if you just do these things. Or maybe if I do X, Y, and Z, I'm gonna know exactly what to expect. I've got this neat little box. I'm gonna know exactly what to expect and I'm not gonna face anything uncomfortable. I can keep holding on to my plan, expecting that it will make me happy, or at least look happy. But I've found that trying to keep control is, is pretty laughable. I thought it was a great idea until, um, well, I think every situation, like I thought I knew what marriage would look like, what having kids would look like, you know, all these things until I actually was in them. And it's like, wow, I just really, trying to keep control is, um, is laughable. And all the expectations that come with it are actually kind of exhausting and maddening. Certainly, certainly are not life-giving for me. Um, I want to give you an example. So let's say you come to church this morning. So you come to this space that we, we gather together at the corner of 5th and Madison, and you come expecting it to look a certain way this morning. So maybe it is um, just a, a lot of things that will make you help you to feel a certain way about this time. So maybe uh, the music isn't too loud. Maybe you know all the songs because it's so much easier to enter in when we know the songs. Maybe you have expectations about who's up here talking, what they say, how much scripture, if it goes too long, right? The service, there's a limit, right? So if all of those things, if all of those boxes are checked, then maybe it feels like it was worth your time. Or then maybe you were able to sense the presence of God and to be moved. Or there's another possibility that comes with expectancy, and that is you coming to church expectant that God is going to reveal himself that he's gonna show his love to you. That whatever you came in here with today, 
all the things that, that came with you from this week, the chaos, the conflict, the relational stuff. You can come with that expectant that God just might change your perspective on those situations. That he might actually change your heart and that he could help you to see people as he sees them. You come just ready for whatever, believing that God is gonna show up and gonna do what he does. No matter the songs, no matter who's teaching, no matter how long this lasts. Jordan mentioned this um, before he prayed, that, that God has so much for us, so much more than we can ask or imagine. Um, I'm gonna give you one more example. Um, Carla, can I have you come up here? Grab that basket on the front seat there and come up here. We have, um, we kind of have this ideal, you can set it down, this ideal of what we think our life should look like. So I just want to do a little demo here. Um, Carla's a friend of mine. She's a mom. She's a leader. She's all those things. Um, but friend, is that's what I'm counting on now because I'm counting on you forgiving me after this. <laughs> um, so Carla, I'm going to have you put your hands. Yep. Okay. And this is kind of significant of like your plan, your life. And um, I know that you're a mom of three. So these are a bunch of marbles. So those are a lot of things that you have to kind of take control of. What are some other things you can think of? Work. Oh, that's that should two hands fulls for that. Okay, we're going to go two hands fulls for work. All right, what else? What's that? You're a wife or you have a wife? Okay. Um, so I'm going to get a big one for JB. There we go. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, friends. Friends. One handful. Um, yeah. Okay. What else? Uh, Minister. Ooh, church. Beyond church. Extended family. Two handsful, she says. Okay, we'll get another big one for that. All right, can, oh, don't lose your marbles. Got it? Are we, are we good? Okay, all right. So that's a lot of stuff to juggle. No, no, don't juggle it, no. <laughs> it's a lot to navigate. Let's use a better word. Okay, it's a lot to navigate. And you gotta kind of stay focused on it or you might lose it, right? At what point do we lose control? Okay, so now um, I have this $100 bill. <laughs> what would you do with it? Can you think of a lot of things you'd do with it? Yeah. Would you want to grab a hold of it? You're losing them. You're losing them, see? It's not me, she says, that's awesome. Oh, all right, you can pop those in here again. Thank you, Carla. So do you see the difference here? When Carla has her hands full of her plan and her life, and she's trying to keep control of all of those things, she managed to get a finger on the $100 bill, but she lost some of her stuff. 
So I just wanna suggest to us this morning that when we're so focused on our plan and so bent on keeping control of all of the things, because we've got a lot of things, we lose out on God's best plan for us. Now hear me, I'm not saying it's always money, all right? I'm not saying God's, bless, God's best is always money, but his plan is always better than what we can imagine. And I don't think we can have it both ways. I don't think we can have that death grip on our plan and be able to receive what God has for us. So do you see the difference there? Where expectations are based on the natural, the things that we can see and control. And just like Carla, you guys all have so many gifts and talents. Y'all are leaders it's in different capacities, but we can make a lot of things happen in our natural world. But then often, we tend to uh, begin to depend on ourselves and depend on controlling others and the things in our world. And we often will put expectations on others to make sure that our plan works. Where expectancy is based on the supernatural, like what we cannot see and what, is, what God is doing in the background. But he uses our surrender. When we empty our hands of our plan, it can be open to what he wants to do. He wants to work in and through us to bring about his best plan. And when I'm not so focused on losing control or trying not to lose control, I can actually see. I can actually see what God might want to do. I can begin to trust God without an agenda. So such a different heart posture. See, expectations make it hard to love as Jesus loves. There's too many conditions around our love and our approval and our acceptance, all so that our plan stays intact. So expectations make it really hard to love where expectancy says, oh, I hope that someday you can see your situation differently or you can change your mindset or follow through. But if you don't or if you can't or if you won't, I still love you. Or maybe we say, God, I would love for you to answer my prayer this very specific way. But even if you don't, I trust your plan. I trust that your plan for my life is better than my plan. Or, or I trust that you will change my heart so that I can see it as you do. See, expectancy has no expectations. At the end of the day, it's my job to love you and to love the people in my world, not to control. So let's say you subscribe to this idea of expectancy. You say, Brenda, what a great idea. Now, I really hope you do. I really hope you'll give 
um, the, what's left of this 40 days at least a chance with expectancy and letting go of expectations. But I also want you to be aware that this expectancy might lose its appeal when God doesn't move as quickly as you think he should, when you can't see his plan, or maybe his plan in your journey takes you down a path that you don't really like. It might be uncomfortable, unfamiliar. People might hurt you and disappoint you, and then you may begin to doubt God. You may begin to doubt yourself. Begin to listen to the lies and the opinions of man. And you might begin to compare how God is working in somebody else's life and not yours. Faith may give way to fear and to doubt. So I'm going to give you a little bit of homework for this week. I want you to read the passage in Genesis about Abraham and Sarah. And it's going to be chapters 12 to 18. And you might think, ooh, that's a lot of reading. I think you'll find it fascinating. As we pick it up in 12, Genesis 12, where God comes to Abram and says he's going to be a great nation. And he's 75 years old, and they are, his wife Sarah can't have kids. So can you imagine the questions? How am I going to be a great nation? We can't have kids. But God promises He's, he comes to Abram when he's 75, which he lives to be 175. So for today, for us, let's just think mid-30s, okay? It's geriatric pregnancy, but, you know, it's still possible. So God comes to Abram and says, you are going to have, um, you're going to have a great nation, Move on to chapter 13, and again, God comes to Abram and says, look to the north and the south, east and the west. I will give you, I'm going to give you this to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth. And if I'm Abram, I'm thinking, I don't even have one. How are we doing dust? We move on to uh, chapter 15, and he again repeats it. This time he says, look at the heavens and count the stars. So shall your offspring be. Now, almost 10 years has passed, and there's no kids. So Sarah decides she's going to take things in her own hands. It's almost like Adam and Eve here. She says, hey, Abe, take my maidservant and uh, sleep with her, and maybe that's how we'll have kids. Sounds like a terrible idea, doesn't it? Okay, so that happens. The maidservant does have a child, but we keep up with Abram and Sarah here. Chapter 17, Abram was 99. Now do the math. 24 years. And God's still promising descendants and generations. And then... Chapter 18, this is about the fifth time that God repeats this promise and says, okay, next year, now he's a little more specific, next year when I come back, you're going to have a baby, and this is what his name's going to be. 
But I want you to, as you're reading through this, again, chapters 12 to 18, I want you to observe how, how Abraham's trust gave way to his own plan. Yeah, I know Sarah was involved. But I want you to observe how that happened and then how trust was reestablished. I want you to observe how God never left. He kept speaking the promise that was going to happen. And then he eventually did what he promised. Now, it was in his timing and in his ways, but he did. So when you're feeling impatient where, uh, or expectancy is starting to lose its appeal, inventory your thoughts in your life a little bit and ask yourself, how is it that you've been expecting God to move? Are you disappointed maybe? Have you maybe taken back control and you've come up with your own plan? Focused on what you know and can see and what makes sense. And maybe you've stopped trusting God. I want to tell you that expectations cannot live with trust. Because expectations involve control. And control and trust are complete opposites. So where do you want to live? It's your choice. Where's your hope? Is it in your plan and in what you can see? Or is your hope in God's plan? I want to turn to Proverbs chapter 3 real quick. For those of you that were expecting some uh, reading out of the Bible, here we go. Proverbs 3, these few verses that I'm going to read, I think give us a lot of hope and, and kind of this uh, maybe next steps we could call it. We pick it up in verse 5 where it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. So trust in God from the bottom of your heart and don't try to figure everything out. We rely on him for everything, and then he'll lead us. So we trust, we acknowledge, we know God. And this word know is not knowing about, it is knowing God in an intimate, I'm spending time with him, I am praying, more listening to what he's saying, and I'm dependent on him. That kind of knowing. And then he leads us. So we surrender our way, and he gives us this path of peace. We give up expectations, and we wait expectantly for him. With our hands empty of our plan and open to his. But how do we do this, you say? I thought you might ask. Let's Pop down to verse seven. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. So wisdom comes when we adore him with our undivided attention. And this word fear here is, is uh, reverence and awe. See, I don't think that we can adore God 
and adore our plan. So we get wisdom. In James 1, 5, it says, it tells us how. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given. So we ask for wisdom, expecting that we will get it. We can expect that. The word here, ask, is referring to the being insistent and being bold. Wisdom will guide you. Wisdom will help you. But remember to ask for it. So many times, and you use this, you can use this immediately. If you're going into a, a situation where you're maybe having to have a difficult conversation, it might be at work, it might be with family, it might be with a friend, um, or if you find yourself in whatever kind of pickle it is, easy prayer, God, I need wisdom. Please give me wisdom to know how to whatever. Maybe what to say, what not to say, when to know. Wisdom to know what to say, to see, to hear. We ask, believing that God is going to give it so we can be expectant that he will give us wisdom. So in summary, and I'm gonna have you all stand as we kind of uh, wrap up this picture of expectancy, and I believe it looks like the components of expectancy are trust and wisdom. So the equation being trust plus wisdom equals hope and peace. That is expectancy. Whereas the expectations are often, um, they involve fear and control. And y'all, that brings us uh, just a whole lot of anxiety and hopelessness because people will fail us over and over. So today I'm suggesting that you release those expectations. Expectations of others, expectations of God, and just step into trusting him. Trusting God and eagerly anticipate with expectancy where and how or what paths he wants you to take. What does he want for your life? Step into peace and the freedom that comes with surrender. I know it's hard sometimes, but when we can surrender, we can find Peace. And that thing that you think this morning you just can't bear letting go of might just be the thing that is holding you back from better than you can ask or imagine. So can you risk it? Can you let go of control and expectations for good? Can you trust God Almighty with your life, with the things, the people, the relationships, the money, your plan? 
giving up expectations and control is gonna bring you so much peace, but don't take my word for it, friends. I invite you to try it. It's a constant wrestle, but it's well worth understanding um, that is a part of your life that you can actually do something about. So again, what expectations do you need to drop this morning? What can you risk letting go of? Our Heavenly Father, He wants to walk with us along the paths of trust. But if our hands are full of expectations, when our hands are so full of our plan, we can't grab a hold of His hand. You are worth it to Him. He has, a, he has so much for us. He is a God of hope and a God of peace. And he wants to show you like that better and more than you could ask or imagine. So as we go into this last song, I want you to just consider what it is that you need to, to turn over to God this morning what it is that you need to release, whether it's from last week, control, or if it's this week, expectations. If you need a prayer of encouragement, our prayer team will be up front and they are delighted to pray for you. And I had to giggle a little bit last week because I thought, huh, yep, those of us that struggle with control are sure not going up front. But this isn't, about, um, this isn't about us. This is about how God wants to work in us. And so don't let those things that are keeping you from God's best keep you from prayer this morning. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family.